everybody. Welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening, and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning, church. It's a joy to be together in worship, lifting up worship in the name of the Lord. It's great this morning to be led by some, uh, some guest uh, worship leaders from our community. We're grateful to have uh, Steve and Jen De La Roche here and, uh, and Carson and Corey Smith. Corey Smith is our program director at Cause I Love You. It's a joy to have them leading us in worship this morning, sharing in this praise that we give to the Lord. And as we worship the Lord this morning, I want you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. I'm, I'm starting at verse 15, and as you get to Romans chapter 6... Let's open our hearts in prayer. Lord, there's a lot of voices in our lives. There's a lot of input. And what we need, Jesus, our hearts are soft towards you. Our hearts are open towards you. What we need, Jesus, is your word, your word alone, speaking to us with clarity. So help us in these moments, Jesus, to see and to hear and to know that you are the Lord and that you are speaking to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Romans 6, 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I'm using an example from everyday life because your human limitations, just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of. Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is God's word. I've come to believe something is wrong. I've come to believe something is wrong. I think I could end the message right there, right? Is there anything more obvious? Something's wrong. Friends, we're talking about sin today. 
and the way that it ruptures our relationship with God and the way that it, it breaks our relationship with one another and the way that it wrecks the world that we're living in. There's something wrong. It needs to be fixed. And nobody out there has any idea how to fix it. Do they? A man was killed by a police officer. We could say, let's just look at this case. It was, it was a, a horrible thing. It was a horrible wrong. The officer's been arrested. The wheels of justice are turning. So then why are the streets filled with protesters? Well, this is just one incident that connects to many others, contributing to the feeling of many people that they are not being treated equally or fairly, and it is because of the color of their skin. Fair and equitable treatment and fair and equitable protections under the law. That's our promise, and it's in question for many people and many in our own city. Well, what do you mean? Well, there are numbers. Um, For example, the black community is 13% of the United States population, but it makes up uh, 40% of those who are incarcerated in prisons. How could that be? Are you seriously more likely, three times more likely to commit crime when your skin is brown? Or could there be some bias, something in the system that isn't connecting, that isn't in, in balance? Identical resumes were sent out to employers uh, changing only the name. So the whole resume is the same. And the only thing that changed is the name on the top, from David Williams to Dante Williams, from a a, a non-black sounding name to a black sounding name. You know what happened? 50%, the the black sounding name was 50% less likely to get called back. I mean, it's just the way it happened. Minorities are charged more for cars, uh, around $700 more. They get worse financing with the same credit score. They're pulled over more often. They're shown fewer housing options, and on and on. And you add to that the history. You know, my family, um, we know a little bit about our history. We came over from Northern Ireland on a boat, and what we know is that in 1723... Uh, My family, the McConnell family, actually bought some land in Pennsylvania. We've got records of buying a farm in Pennsylvania in 1723. So what do I know? I know that my family came over had enough money to buy a farm in Pennsylvania. And to some degree or other, that money has filtered down from generation to generation in my family. And, and, uh, you know, I I don't want to get you the wrong idea. I work for a living, okay? But the truth is that, that I know that in my family, whenever somebody was in trouble, there were family members who could help out. What if your great-great-grandfather, grandmother came over on a slave ship? What if your family, uh, even just a generation ago when it was still legal, got corralled into living in the bad part of town? You see, these things, they, they last. They, they go on. 
And they run down through generations. It makes a difference. Your entire family setup would be different if that were your history. And we, so, so this is the thing. This is what people call uh, systemic injustice. When you use that word, you think, what are they talking about? Well, it might not be laws on the books or things that you can write down and look at, but there's a system. There's a system that's pushing against a certain group of people and leaving them feeling that, that they're disadvantaged. And not just feeling, but knowing and experiencing. And that, that, that system pushes down on them, and that's the pressure that erupts every time one of these horrible things happens. That's what's happening, you see. Bottom line, there's something wrong. It needs to be fixed. And it's just one issue in our world. These are sensitive issues. You know, it's, uh, let me tell you, it's hard to preach this to a camera because I'd want to be with you. But this is what we're seeing. It's what we're seeing in Acacia Park. It's what we're seeing in front of City Hall. It's what we're seeing on the front steps of our church day after day, night after night. We were recording last week and as we were recording the worship service uh, in the sanctuary, we could hear the protest right outside the doors. I mean, this is what our people are feeling. This is what our city is going through. This is real. And there are some out there that are doing damage, that are inciting rage. There are some out there that are painting uh, every uh, uniformed officer with the same brush as though the actions of a few, uh, you know, uh, a few rotten few are the responsible of all these selfless, brave men and women who, who step forward every day to protect us and, and to, to bring us, you know, safety. Please pray for them. They are, folks, they are exhausted. Getting up and kissing their kids at night and, and doing 12-hour shifts through the night, day after day, our, our, our uniformed officers are exhausted. Please pray for them. We're so grateful. But folks, what I'm saying is this. We're talking about sin. Sin taints the whole doggone thing. It just taints the whole thing. And it gets it all twisted up and, and, and so until we're so lost, we're so confused, we're so frustrated, we don't know how to get out of it, we don't know where to turn, we don't know what, where to look. I'm so grateful for the, the selfless servants who put on the uniform day after day and keep us safe. And I'm so grateful for the passionate people that see something wrong in the world and long for justice. Friends, the longing for justice is a godly longing. It's there because God put it in our hearts to want things to be right. It's a good longing. But here's what sin does. Sin perverts the whole thing. Perverts the whole thing. And it twists and tangles things up so badly that we can't find our way out. We can't find our way back together. But can you start here with me this morning? There's something wrong. It needs to be fixed. Come to believe it. Race is just one example. Friends, uh, we're, we're talking about the greatest story ever told. Your story with Jesus is your greatest story. It's the story of Jesus and how he has moved to save your soul. And it starts with what we said last week. God loves you.
You might not believe that, but it's true. He loves you. And this week we do the hard work. Number two, your sin separates you from God. You might not like to hear that. You might not like to talk about that. You might not like to feel what that feels like. But I think you know it's true already. There's something wrong. Number three, we're going to talk about Jesus died for your sins. You might find it humbling, but you need and you have a Savior in Jesus Christ. You're going to hear about that next week. And number four, God has a plan for your life. Believing in Jesus Christ and asking for forgiveness of your sins, that's just the beginning of a life knowing God. The Bible calls it eternal life, and God has a purpose and a plan for your life. But today is, friends, today is what we call the sin talk, okay? And let me tell you, I've been in ministry many, many years. When it's time to give the sin talk, all you've got to do is walk out front of your house, pick up the newspaper. You've got all the evidence you need. It's no different today. There's something wrong, and it needs to be fixed. So we want to take you, we want to ask you to take time, you know, today, this week. It might sting a little bit, but we want you to use your journal, your your, your greatest story journal, and turn to this week and we want you to write down, <laughs> write down when you first knew that there was something wrong in the world, but when you first knew that there was something wrong in you and that it was keeping you from the love of God and from his purposes in your life. It's the first time you knew that sin was separating you from God. Write it in your journal. As Pastor Michael says, maybe we'll use that for kindling when we go camping. You, know, you might just tear that out later, but this is what you want to do. This is an important part of your story with Jesus is the reality of sin. Romans 6 talks about the problem of sin. See, something is wrong and the Bible calls it sin. But if you look at the passage, it's not a list of, of, of items, right? It's not like a list of wrongdoings or misdeeds. It's not a list of sins. It, no, it's, it's, it's about the effects of sin. It's what sin does. It's what happens when sin is at large, when sin is allowed to, to, to range, you know, when it's let out on the, on the earth. It's about what sin does. What happens in us and what happens in the world when sin has its way instead of the life of Jesus having its way. And Paul has just explained that our sins are forgiven through Jesus. And we'll talk about that next week. But the effects of sin, the effects of sin, that's what we're looking at in this passage here. And the passage finishes out with a famous verse, so clear, so concise. In fact, this is the verse, Romans 6.23. This is the verse that I remember giving my life to Christ to at Young Life Camp years and years and years ago. So I just want you to, I wonder if you'll say it with me. Romans 6, 23. Do you read that out loud with me? Wherever you are, say it with me out loud. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Romans 6, 23. Which one do you want? Wages of sin or the gift of God. Verse 15. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? Hey, we're going to get forgiven, right? We're going to get forgiven. So we can just do whatever we want. We've got carte blanche, right? No. 
By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to somebody as, as obedient slaves, you're slaves of the one you obey, whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? Now, immediately, what do we see? Immediately, we see the Bible does not talk about sin the way that you and I talk about sin. We, we trivialize sin. We joke about sin. You know, we think of sin as a, a mistake or, um, you know, an ill-advised error, a dalliance, or even, or even like a sometimes necessary kind of um, uh, time of just blowing off steam, having a little fun, right? The Bible doesn't see sin that way. It doesn't see sin as a goof-off or a list of misdeeds. Sin is, it's a force to be reckoned with. It's a sickness. It's a power. It's a power that once let loose wreaks havoc. James Chung from InterVarsity, he kind of tells the gospel story this way. He says, look, God made all things to, to, to bless one another. Everything that's made, the creation and the animal kingdom, the natural order, us, we're all meant to be in this balance with God, this harmonious balance of blessing each other in this beautiful choreography. But when we get selfish, sin enters in and we break that choreography. We break that harmony and everything kind of spins out of control. Here's what, here's what Chunk says. We wanted to be captains, but we found ourselves chained to the oars. The oars of what we need to have or be. We're not captains, but slaves. And we've steered ourselves away from love and toward evil. Whatever you submit to becomes your master. And even when you think, I'm moving out here because I want to be the captain my ship, you'll become its slave when you submit to sin. When you submit to sin. Sin isn't about one misdeed here or there. It's a power. It's a bent. And it runs through everything and it taints it all. And a mask can't keep it from you and six feet of distance is not going to protect you from it's in everything and it affects everything the police are infected the protesters are infected the politicians are infected the prisoners are infected the preachers are infected Romans 3.23 says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All. The problem is sin. Something is wrong and it needs to be fixed. And it's in all. It's in all of us. Our sin separates us from God. The problem is sin. And it's not just out there. It's in here. Holiness and sin cannot intermix. And, 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 and our sin separates us from God. God who, as we heard last week, loves us. He loves us. But our sin separates us from the God who loves us so dearly. The problem is sin. 
Let me read this to you from Fleming Rutledge's book called The Crucifixion. She writes this, To be in sin, biblically speaking, means something very much more consequential than wrongdoing. It means being catastrophically separated from the eternal love of God. It means to be on the other side of an impassable barrier of exclusion from God's heavenly banquet. It means to be helplessly trapped inside one's own worst self, miserably aware of the chasm between the way we are and the way God intends us to be. It means the continuation of the reign of greed, cruelty, rapacity, and violence throughout the world. In view of God's nature, she says, in view of God's nature, it is impossible that this state of affairs will be allowed to continue forever. See, that's sin. That's sin, friends. There's something wrong in the world, and it needs fixed. And God's not going to tolerate it forever. He doesn't tolerate it forever. When you get the feeling that there's something wrong in the world, you're right. When you got that gnawing in your gut that there's, this is wrong, something's wrong in this world out here, and somebody's got to do something about it, somebody's got to fix it. When you feel that frustration in your gut, you're right. There's something wrong, and it needs to be fixed. And you know what? It's in you, too. It's in you, too. How bad is it? It's bad. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin. That, that word wages, that's used for uh, the pay that, that soldiers receive. What are you fighting for? Whose army are you in? What uniform are you wearing? If you're fighting for the, 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 it's all about me. If you're fighting for the, the me-centered, the me stuff, the I stuff, the self-centered, the selfishness. If that's what you're fighting for, then you're fighting for sin. And you're earning its wage. And it's bad. And the further you walk down the road, the worse it gets. And the harder it is to turn back. And the more damage is done. And the more damage you will do. Verse 19, just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, just as you used to give yourself to that, he says, things just, go, and things just go from bad to worse. I mean, they just get worse and worse. It's like stepping into a stream or stepping into a current, and it's pulling you along. But then you know what? You take your own step in it, and now that's yours. That's your guilt. You're just as bad. You're part of it. You own it. That's how sin works. It pushes you along until you've stepped, and now, now that's all you. That's all on you, and you're just running down that track, and it goes from bad to worse. Verse 21 asks you, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. It's bad. It's sin. It's real. Friends, sin... (laughs) 
what are we going to do? Cannot be overcome by human ability. Learning cannot educate it away. Policies cannot govern it away. Protests cannot shout it out of town. Arrests cannot incarcerate it. It's bad. And and it's in us. And it's in our world. We cannot escape its grasp. But don't let me leave you without hope. What are we going to do? There's one thing that we can do. We can look for deliverance. Verse 19 again, Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. You used to give in to your worser impulses. You used to slide into that current and just go along with it. And you took your own steps. You you took your own steps in sin. And and you gave in to those impulses. And even when you're trying to do better, it impelled you further on down that way. And it impelled you further on from love. Well, but now, give in to the grace of Christ. Give in to the currents of his love. Let his forgiveness come into you, wash you over. Let his grace propel you down his way. Leave the law of sin and join the law of Christ. What you submit to becomes your master. Bend the knee to Jesus. Verse 22 says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Bend the knee to Jesus. Submit to Jesus. What you submit to becomes your master. Everything you submit to will bind you. There's only one master who sets you free. It's Jesus Christ. Bend your knee to him. Earn his wage. Instead of the wages of sin. The wages of sin. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, we're we're in a mess. We are in a mess. Sin is having its way. Greatest leaders in our nation's history have known in these times to lift our eyes, to lift our heads together, together toward the beautiful visions of a better life together. The best leaders have lifted our heads to look to the promises and the vision of Jesus Christ himself. So there's a way of life out there that can bring us all along. The vision of Jesus, the beautiful vision of Jesus for humanity. Friends, it's been 2,000 years and we have not even begun to live up to the beautiful vision for humanity found in Jesus what he has for us. It's inspiring. It's uniting. It's uplifting. It's hope and a future with joy. That's Jesus. 
Sin is real. There's something wrong in the world and it needs fixed and it's running right through your heart and it's, it's messing with your relationships. It's messing with your mind. It's tainting how you think about everything in the world. There's something wrong. We've come to believe. We can't find our way out. But Jesus can find his way in. He is our hope. Lord Jesus, we look at it, we see it. We see it. We feel it. There's something wrong. It's not right. It needs to be fixed. We want it to be fixed. Jesus, you are our hope. Open every heart, Lord Jesus. Open my heart to have your truth poured in, your light poured in, to have my heart break for what breaks yours, to, to, Lord Jesus, to see the world as you see the world. And then, Lord, in your mercy, in your grace, let me see myself as you see me, a sheep of your own fold, the center of your own redeeming, a child, one into the family of God by your mercy by your victory on the cross. Jesus, let me see myself as you see me. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprescos.org That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.